We spend so much of our lives waiting. Waiting for summer to come and for longer days. Waiting for the vacation that we scheduled for next month. Waiting for the engagement announcement or the wedding. <laughs> waiting to graduate. In all of these times of waiting, I find myself consistently disappointed. I graduated from high school a few years ago, and after all the anticipation and celebration of getting over senioritis, I jumped right back into the work world and then eventually back into school for university. And here I am yet again waiting to graduate and probably to go back to school yet again. Every year, we spend the Advent season opening our Advent calendars, buying Christmas gifts, traveling to see family, laughing with friends over a cup of hot chocolate. The season of Advent in the church, aligned with the Western calendar, has us waiting for weeks for both the birth of Christ and for those of us lucky enough to get one, for a much needed break from the mundane routine of our lives. We spend time with family, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and then after the Christmas festivities and the celebrations of the new year, here we are. It's January, the days are short, the air is cold, the roads are icy, or at least they should be if it wouldn't have been as oddly warm as it had been this week, and we're back to the daily grind, we're back to the routine of our lives. So we spent all that time hyping up Christmas and now it's gone, now what? When Jesus was born, there were relatively few people who knew what was happening, at least by our understanding of the stories told in the Gospels. Relatively few people knew that God had sent his son to save us from our sins and that he was going to be born in the form of a baby. It wasn't like Mary had posted on Facebook to announce that she, a virgin pregnant out of wedlock, was going to give birth to this son of God. The anticipation that we feel every year at Christmas was not felt by many in this time. But can you imagine to those few who did know the anticipation for the whole time that Mary was pregnant, waiting for the birth of our Savior? And then he's born. The Son of God is here, this divine being. No, he didn't cry, but he was still a baby. And I wonder if there was a little bit of disappointment in that. The coming of the Messiah had been prophesied by many, and those who knew were expecting the Messiah to be a king or a priest. But this Christ child still had to grow up and learn to walk and talk like any other baby before he could begin to preach and perform miracles nearly 30 years later. So again, now what? We know that there are things to look forward to in the future, but right now, now what? Epiphany is known as a time of manifestation, the manifestation of Christ on earth, to be more specific. The word epiphany itself means to reveal, so in this context, it's the revelation of Christ to the whole world. It is a time of the physical manifestation of Christ. But this isn't like a light switch that's on or off, either Christ or no Christ. I think I like to think of manifestation as an intensifying light. As the love and power of Christ continues to grow in us, the light gets bigger and brighter. Or if you think of it like fire, it can be dim and easily put out sometimes. But when the conditions are right, 
it can grow into an unstoppable love. The passage read this morning from Isaiah demonstrates God's promise of the Messiah, who will come into our lives and dispel the darkness with light. Reading, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Now on this Sunday, we often focus on the story of the three wise men, otherwise known as the Magi. I found the story of the Magi to be interesting for a while now. They were believed to be Zoroastrian, which was a religion that um, came out of ancient Persia or current day Iran. Um, this culture, the culture of this group is directly related to the culture within Islam, although there isn't a direct relation between the two religions. Um, so we know how the story goes. These wise men are on their way to see baby Jesus, um, and Herod, who had heard about this baby and that he was supposed to be king of the Jews, tells them that he has to return to them and report where he was so that Herod could go and also pay homage to baby Jesus, which in reality we know means eradicate the threat um, posed to Herod's power. So let's put aside the obvious corruption of that government for a second and think about the Magi a little bit more. The fact that these Magi were leaders, important people in another religion, and that they wanted to come and pay homage to Christ shows that this light, the light of Christ, was not just for Jews for whom Jesus was the king, but that Jesus came for the whole world. And these Magi knew this. They knew that Christ's light wasn't selective and that he was inclusive for everyone. These Magi also follow a North Star, as Scott mentioned, which was up here a few days ago. <laughs> um, this star is always where I stumbled as a kid because this felt just too much like a fantasy to me. But as I've grown older, I've realized that the star that they were following was the light that led them to Christ. It was the light of Christ, in a way, in its early phase of manifestation. So when the Magi find Jesus, they also have an epiphany, if you will, um, that they shouldn't return to Herod and tell him where Jesus is after receiving a warning in the dream. So they don't return to Herod, and instead they set off to their homeland on a different path. They kind of have to drop their original plans because of this, this dream. Um, they again now are in this time of uncertainty after a long time of just waiting. They had followed the star and found Jesus, but they know that they can't return to Herod, so they have to go back home, and, and now what? Now they don't have this star to guide them to their destination. Now they have to make their own path and their own light. Now, in this excitement of meeting the baby Jesus, King of the Jews was over, and now we wait. We wait for the sun to rise and set each morning and for the mundane tasks of life for pretty much 30 years until Jesus resurfaces and starts the rest of the New Testament. If we parallel this to the end of the Christmas season, this can be a little bit disappointing and also a dark time, both figuratively and literally. Now, you may be walking into the new year feeling refreshed, um, ready to go back to the daily grind. Maybe after all the crazy family reunions, you're ready for a bit more routine. Um, maybe you worked over the holidays and it felt like nothing changed. Maybe you are, like I am, not quite ready to go back to the 
the routine of daily life. For all of us, there is work to be done. And there's also a lot to look forward to. Epiphany is a time of manifestation, after all. And right now, the days are starting to get longer. In a few months, it'll start to get warmer. The seasons are in a time of manifestation. And with the complexity of God's plan for us, there's always something manifesting in our lives, even if we can't see it right up front. For those of you who were here last week, Scott led you in an activity to reflect on both the worst and best parts of last year. And now, the new year has come, and we have a lot to look forward to. However, despite the uncanny amount of jokes circulating the internet, and also Scott mentioned this this morning about going into the year 2020 with 2020 vision, it may not actually be so for you or for a lot of people that you know. There are a lot of things up in the air right now that are taking their time to develop. The political scene is a little bit off the wall right now, and the fear of an unending climate emergency is hanging over our heads. The many things in our personal lives that might be causing a little bit more darkness than we like are also present. However, in this time of manifestation, there is still that light that just keeps getting brighter. And it gets brighter through us, through the followers of Christ who are able to show this love to others in a dark place. But we can't help if that light, we can't help the light manifest without a little bit of work. So, I would like to leave you all with a bit of a challenge today. I personally have never been a big fan of New Year's resolutions. Too often, I think we try to set unattainable goals for ourselves or get too busy with the lifestyle changes we try to implement. With the stereotypical New Year's resolution of getting fit or becoming more active, for example, people often burn themselves out too fast um, or give up when they don't see the results that they want right away. I do think that promoting physical health is an important thing, but I'd like to leave you with a little bit of a different challenge or resolution today. In a second, I'm going to give you a moment to think about a place or a situation in your life where you think the light of Christ might be just a little bit too dim. Maybe it's something internal. Maybe it's something to do with a relationship between you and another person. Uh, maybe it's something to do with the community that you're involved in or that you, you see. Um, that just sort of a situation that's lacking a little bit of light. I'll give you a minute to identify this situation now. encourage you to identify one small way in which you can contribute to the manifestation of Christ's light, either in that situation you just identified or in another one if you feel called to. Maybe you plan to confront an issue that you've been avoiding, or to volunteer in a community somewhere that is in need, or to do a devotional once a week to promote the growth of Christ's light within you. Or maybe it's to stop using plastic bags entirely to promote the health of our earth. Take a moment now to identify this goal, and then I will end in prayer. O oh God of light and peace, 
whose glory, shining on the child of Bethlehem, still draws the nations to yourself. Dispel the darkness that shrouds our path, that we may come to kneel before Christ in true worship. Offer him our hearts and souls, and return from his presence to live as he taught. Amen.